My psychotic mother spat in my face during an argument, and weirdly enough, I could not be happier that this happened. I became the recipient of my mother's abuse for daring to ask her to let go of my sister's hair, who recently moved into this monster's house. As she was attacking my sister, she spat at me. Why would she do this? Because my request was seen as taking sides with my sister, and that I was going against her. Her entitlement and arrogance would make God humble enough to bow down to her. The The reason why I am glad that she spat at me is because for once in my life, I am no longer consumed by guilt, resentment, and empathy towards her. She is now nothing to me. For years, she beat us savagely, but what bothered me the most wasn't the physical beating. It was the emotional turmoil that followed suit. I'd feel an intense, white-hot hatred for her, which was then amplified by guilt for despising her, and finally being overwhelmed by empathy for her aging, declining health and loneliness. And by the way, This loneliness was caused by her toxic behavior that prompted the rest of the family to abandon her. But alas, no more. I am free from this emotional prison that I locked myself in due to her. For the first time in 28 years, I can sleep without caring about how she feels. But this is what baffles me the most about all of this. Why didn't I reach this point eight years ago when I became a recluse in her house as I hid due to a health issue and endured daily abuse from her? I mean, what changed? All those days and nights, she would barge into my room and screech like a wounded hyena, completely ignoring the blood-stained sheets I'm laying on from scratching relentlessly, trying to rip eczema-ridden skin off of my sleep-deprived state. Once she would leave, I'd still feel consumed by guilt and empathy for her. I'd wage an internal war of conflicting emotions that would only increase the strength I'd use to dig my nails into my skin to relieve this supposed itching. She projected her saliva like a snake spews its venom on its victim, but unlike the snake which would kill its prey, her venom acted like an antidote to the poison I had within me. For some reason, instead of feeling angry when she spat at me, I instead felt relief. For once in my life, I'm actually unburdened from hatred and feeling optimistic about the future. I have fully come to terms with what she is, and the cage I locked myself in no longer restricts me. I could cry tears of joy right now. It's rather difficult to articulate exactly what I mean, and the best example as a comparison I can use to illustrate this is the sense of relief you'd get after struggling with a difficult math question that just happens to be on an exam and discovering the answer at the last possible minute. I sleep so much better now. I know she's miserable, but I just don't care anymore. No longer is that my concern and I am content. She admitted to me once in a shockingly candid fashion, something that still stuns me to this day. A while back, she went on a long talk about God granted mother's immense rights and that a son is to be patient and dutiful and all this other stuff. I then asked hesitantly if this God that she claims to love saw her verbally abusive towards me as well as assault me and disrespect me, what would he say? Her response, and I kid you not, was God would say nothing. He'd be angry at you. I can't help being angry. It's not my fault. It's a condition. No doubt my mother is mentally ill. She's been bestowed with borderline personality disorder as well as some other type of condition that apparently God gave gave her, who is also the same God that is giving her immunity from judgment, but deep down, she's a rotten creature with a bad soul, a genuinely unpleasant human being, even without the disorders that she's claiming, both real and fake. Why has it taken so long for me to accept this and move on? It took me almost 30 years to reach this point, to come to terms with what she 
she really is. I still have many challenges in my life, but they don't seem as overwhelming as they once did ever since this moment of revelation about my mother. Finally, I have entered manhood, and to be honest, it's better late than never. This guy has a crazy upbringing, and I really feel bad for what they've had to endure their entire life. And also, fun fact, the woman that he's describing as a sister that had her hair grabbed by her mother, she's 30 years old. This mom is still being abusive to her kids all these years later. You would expect this stuff to happen when they were younger, and then when they grow up, these kids are able to get out from underneath them. But this mom still had her claws in her kid's life. It's so good that this person has finally seen through what their mom really is. And although it's a really disgusting way to find out, at the end of the day, though, he can finally move forward with his life without feeling any kind of guilt towards his mom, who clearly is not a good person and does not care about him or his siblings. It's a very sad state of affairs, but at least he's come to this conclusion and he can literally move forward without any guilt or any type of concern about the situation. And that might be the best gift he could ever receive. Today, I messed up by forgetting I had no sense of smell for three months. Several months ago, I went on a road trip to a major national park with my family. Part of our plan was to pack food we could eat on the trip to help limit our expenses. As I was preparing for the trip, I decided to make sandwiches. Delicious cold meat sandwiches. Well, when I got all the food home from the grocery store and began to prepare the food, the meat was nowhere to be found. Great, I thought. I left the meat sitting in the bag at the cash register. I went back to the store. It was gone. I had to buy it all over again. This is a pretty rude routine occurrence in my life. I'm pretty absent-minded. It happens. No big deal. We went on our trip using a family member's vehicle. We had fun. We enjoyed my sandwiches. We had memories. It was honestly a blast. Fast forward to last week. My car needs a little work. There's a rattle, so I was concerned. It took three weeks to get my car in to be seen by the dealer. After getting my car in and having it inspected, I got the call from the dealer with all the things they recommended that I needed to be done. This time, there was a new one in the mix. They said, sir, have you notice your car has started to develop an odor? I said, well, this is awkward. No, I haven't really, but that's not unusual. I don't have a sense of smell currently. In reality, I do have one, but it's extremely weak. It's weak enough that I don't trust myself to smell a gas leak. I get an occasional sensation of odors, but often struggle to reliably describe what I just smelled to other people. For example, I once told someone that Cinnamon Toast Crunch smelled like steamed broccoli. Well, we can try to sanitize your AC and heating system to see if that helps, he told me. I ended up weighing the cost of the recommendation maintenance and repairs and went with their suggestions. It wasn't priced beyond my ability to pay, and I had noticed it smelled a little musty a time or two. I just assumed the infrequent use it had seen during the pandemic was to blame. They did the work, and I've been driving it around this past week with no issues or further thought. Fast forward to today. I went to the grocery store, I buy all the stuff I need, and head home with all of my purchases. I got home and made one final trip to get the last bag from the trunk. I pick it up and realize something's wrong. It just looks really off. This isn't what the bags from the store look like. This bag feels wrong too. I didn't buy anything today that should be sloshed around in the bag. Suddenly, all of March, April, and May are replaying themselves in my mind. And that's when I came to the realization. I never checked the trunk after I lost the bag of cold meats two months ago. I opened the bag and immediately confirmed what I feared. I've been driving around with two and a half months of liquefied rotting meat in a bag in the trunk of my car. My car didn't smell musty. It smelled like 
deaf. The employees at the dealership must have had quite the discussion about me once I left. Needless to say, I threw it away and made sure there was nothing else rotting in the back of my trunk. I've done something similar to this, but with eggs, and let me tell you, that was a nightmare to clean up. There's nothing worse than going to the grocery store and then realizing that you might have forgot something at the grocery store. You spend all this time and all this money getting these overpriced groceries, and then when you find out you miss something, it's like you get punched in the face. But this guy didn't forget anything, he just forgot to get it out of his trunk after he bought it. Two months later. I can only imagine what that must have smelled like, and honestly, it makes me nauseous. So hopefully next time you can be a little bit more careful, because it sounds like your sense of smell is not very reliable. I'm so tired of feeling used by those around me, and I don't know what to do. I'm very lucky to have a lot of great people in my life. I've got a fantastic wife, a lot of great friends, and a number of other people that I see a few times throughout the year and stay in touch with online. There's always reminders that I have at least some importance to people, but that's kind of the problem. It seems that my importance in people's lives usually comes down to whether or not someone can use me for something or not. It seems to be all about what can I do for someone else. People always tend to need all sorts of things from me. Someone to vent to, a ride to the airport, making a connection with someone else, all sorts of things. I am almost always happy to help because it does me some good to be able to, and it's a nice reminder that I have some relevance and meaning to others. But after a while, it can just get so exhausting once I realize it's a one-way street. There's really nothing in particular that I need from anyone, but it would be nice to have things repaid for me and for this to be a two-way street kind of thing. People seem to not really have the time to listen to me when I have something on my mind. I really wish I could even talk to someone about this issue in person instead of online, but I really don't know who would listen. My wife has always told me she's bad at giving advice, and she tends to tell me that I'm just inside my own head. I hate to bother her, so I don't really push it. It would also be nice if every once in a while someone repaid the kindness that I try to give to other people. It doesn't have to be anything drastic. Just message me to ask me how I'm doing, buy me a drink while we're out, invite me over and take care of things. Anything where I just don't feel like a resource instead of a person to people. Does anyone have any advice for this? I'm really afraid to voice these concerns too much because I don't want to seem whiny or needy. What should I do? It sounds like you need to set some very clear boundaries in my honest opinion. Like clearly you're not communicating with people that hey this is what I want and it also kind of seems based on what you describe that you're not really telling people like hey I feel like I'm being used by you people and the thing about it is in my opinion because I've kind of run into this too if people get offended by you setting boundaries then they're not really a good friend anyways. The odds of someone just coming out of nowhere out of the blue and asking you how your day was or in some way mysteriously and suddenly being involved in your life in the way that you're describing is probably not going to happen unless you communicate that. I think also and this is just from my perspective it seems like you're kind of letting people just tell you what to do and like boss you around a little bit. What would happen if you were just less available to these people who only use you as a resource? I mean sure it's great to feel involved and to help people out when they need help but being available for everybody's issues all the time at any point just doesn't seem healthy to me. And this is coming from a perpetual people pleaser too by the way. So it might do you some good to say no once in a while and choose to take care of yourself and your own needs for once. Because if you don't take care of yourself, nobody will. My brother's YouTube channel is ruining my life. So my brother is such a big bully and has always believed that he is better than me. He's also extremely spoiled along with my older demon siblings. He loves calling me nicknames and overall just being really mean to me because I'm a ginger. He also loves pranking me with annoying tricks 
And of course, my loving parents don't do anything to help. Anyways, my brother is very lazy. He wants money now and he wants it easily. He claims he wants to be an engineer, so my parents are paying for his tuition, but he does not take it seriously and would much rather spend his time watching television than study. So one night, he said he was going to drop out of school and become a YouTuber. My parents were against this, but they gave him a chance saying he can move in with them for a year and if he makes a certain amount of money, he can go ahead and become a YouTuber. It's also important to note that my brother has not uploaded anything, so he doesn't have a YouTube channel with any subscribers or anything. And the worst part about this is that my brother's old room was transformed into storage, and now my parents are saying that he can move in and live in my room with me. Here is where his entitlement shines through. He keeps asking my parents, myself, and my sibling for money of any amount just so we can try and help fund his projects. And yet, it has been three months, and he's still not up uploaded or posted anything. He then started to try and get serious and started actually making videos. But that was a blessing and a curse for everybody because he started making prank videos and challenge videos. This all proved to be torturous for all of us. I was told to help him in any way that I could and that meant being in his videos. He used this as an excuse to make me do really weird challenges. One example was that for 24 hours, I couldn't say no to any challenge and I said, no way. I'm not going to do whatever he says and just do some stupid video just because he wants me to. And all the challenges resulted in me being very embarrassed or humiliated in some way. It was all becoming super obnoxious. I even had to be extra careful and make sure he fell asleep before I did because I didn't want him to mess with me. He was notorious for doing this and treating his family like garbage. Thankfully, he eventually went back to college. But as you could probably guess, he dropped out completely. And now he just does odd jobs and has completely given up on his education, as well as trying to be a YouTuber. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. That must have been super annoying to put up with, no lie. To have a sibling who's literally living in the same room as you, trying to do prank videos on you specifically and your other members of your family, would have been obnoxious, let alone for the first, like, I don't know, three weeks. And it's so strange that the parents would allow their son to stop what he's doing for a year to try and be a YouTuber. Like, why would you sacrifice your studies at university just so you could try to be a YouTuber? Why don't you try and do both at the same time? Do your studies during the day and then do your YouTube channel at night. It's totally possible. I'm very surprised that the parents decided to allow that to happen. Like, it'd be different if he had a big YouTube channel and he was trying to focus on it because he knew there was going to be some kind of potential. But just dropping out of school for a year just to do YouTube when you don't have anything going seems like a really big risk. But thankfully, it looks like the YouTube days are over for this guy and his brother can now sleep easy knowing that his other brother is not going to try and mess with him in his sleep. Today, I messed up by switching seats on an airplane just so I could look out the window, only to then lose my phone on the plane and having to leave it in Istanbul, Turkey. I've never been more upset. Here's what happened. So I was on this Turkish Airlines with a connecting flight to Istanbul, Turkey, with the final destination being Sofia, Bulgaria. My seat was located in the middle of the plane with a clear line of sight out of the plane since no one was seated beside the window near me. I was on business class, which meant I was almost guaranteed a yes whenever I asked a flight attendant if it was okay to switch seats. This story started with a plane on its final descent approaching the airport. I think the plane was waiting for its designated time to land because it circled around Istanbul several times before proceeding to the airport. Thanks to that, I saw this amazing view of the other cities below, with some of its landmarks visible to me despite my distance from the window. Wanting to get a clear look, plus take some good photos, I transferred to the window seat, leaving my book, my headphones, my smartphone, and other things in my original seat side table. I had fun snapping up some shots, blissfully unaware of what was going to happen to me next, which would completely change the trajectory of my entire trip. After some time, the plane made its way to the outskirts of Istanbul, where the airport was located. The plane was about to land, so I couldn't go back to my seat. Not that I really wanted to, since I wanted to see the airport when we landed. I was admiring how spacious and organized Istanbul International Airport was from my window, when suddenly the plane wheels hit the runway. Inertia took over. My unsecured things assumed that they were still flying and hit the floor, with some of them spilling into the aisle. The thump from their impact with the floor was very loud. I'm sure that everyone in the business class cabin heard it. Maybe even the crew. All I could think at that moment was to rush back and clean up the mess, but I couldn't as the fasten your seatbelt sign was still on. But whatever, right? It's just something embarrassing. It's nothing serious, I thought. Oh, how wrong I was. Once the plane was safely docked, I immediately took off my seatbelt and swiftly gathered my stuff from the cabin floor. Thankfully, the other people were busy getting their stuff from the overhead compartments to notice me grubbing around on the floor. After some time, I managed to collect my stuff and put them all on my seat. One by one, I started accounting for my stuff. Headphones, check. Book, check. Airplane goodies, check. I then started to realize that I was missing my most valuable possession, my smartphone. I was like, probably it's just in my pocket. Nope, it wasn't there. Maybe it's in my satchel bag. Nope, wasn't there too. I slowly started to dread the possibility that it might have gone under the seats. You see, this plane's business class seats were built really stupidly. These seats had a tiny bit of space between them and the floor, and it was so small that even the tiniest of fingers cannot fit through the gap, but it was just wide enough that a thin smartphone would slide right in. This meant that no matter how eager and desperate I was to check for my phone under the surrounding seats, I couldn't get it without the help of the aircraft technician, not wanting to be seen as a fool, 
I furiously stuck my fingers under the seat, hoping that my phone didn't slide in far enough. This continued for a while until almost all the passengers were gone from the plane, leaving me, my very upset girlfriend, and my friends alone in the cabin. I had no choice. I finally asked the nearest flight attendant for help. Initially, she was very accommodating, but a little concerned, and started helping me look for my phone under the seats. She quickly realized that what we were doing was futile, and asked the head attendant to get a technician team to help us with the search. My seat was getting crowded around by the plane's crew, some of which asked their colleague about the incident. It wasn't long before I heard head sighs and tongue clicks from the crew, who were apparently convinced that my stupidity led to them being detained in the plane with us. Somehow, it was protocol for them to not leave the plane before the last passenger did. The technicians quickly got to work, and I had the expectation that we'd be out of the plane soon. Again, I was so wrong. Once my seat got completely dismantled by the technicians without any sign of my phone, the plane crew promptly left the scene without any word, leaving what I think was the head of the ground crew with me and my group. The minute slowly turned into an hour. After what seemed like an eternity, the ground crew head sent us off the plane, telling my girlfriend, not me, in a very strict tone that they'll leave the phone with their lost and found office after they found it. To make things worse, he never gave us directions to the lost and found office since this was a connecting flight. I only had six hours, basically my entire layover time, to find this office. Oh well, that should be ample time to retrieve my phone and enjoy the business lounge, right? Again, for the third time, I was completely wrong. When will I catch on? I had no choice but to stick closely to my girlfriend and my friends or risk getting lost. I decided to wait for three more hours before going to the lost and found desk just in case they took longer to find my phone. The business lounge was really nice. It served hot, delicious food cooked by professional chefs. It had shelves of different variety of drinks. It was really a cool place to be and to hang out. Unfortunately, it took away precious time that I could have used to find the lost and found office. In an airport as huge and hostile as Istanbul International Airport, even three hours is not enough to find a small corner office. Thankfully, it only took me 30 minutes to find the airport's lost and found office. It was a bummer, though, when I was informed that in my case, I needed to find the Turkish Airlines lost and found office. There were no signs whatsoever to this particular office. I asked for help from the nearest Turkish Airlines booth. They told me it was near the passport control gates. The corridor where the passport control gates were had a lot of booths and offices, but I didn't find the lost and found office there. I went back to Turkish Airlines booth to clarify if they gave me the exact location. They told me it was beside the passport control gates. I tried asking each booth beside the passport control gates just in case they were the lost and found office. And that's when I find out from a security guard near the passport control queues that the office was behind the gates and I had to pass through passport control so that I could get it. Long story short, I was completely screwed. I didn't have the proper documents to pass passport control. I only had a Bulgarian visa, which the guard said wasn't enough to let me through. I made a last-ditch attempt to get someone from the Turkish Airlines booth to get the phone for me, but they weren't considerate enough to even bother and refuse to help. Since it was almost time for the flight, I had no choice but to abandon my search for the lost and found office. I felt so depressed on our way to our next flight. I've never lost a phone or something valuable like that before this event. When we were boarding the plane to our next destination, I had this faint hope that someone from the lost and found office was waiting there to return my phone. It didn't take long for that hope to fade away, roughly 30 minutes after boarding. The plane took off, 
leaving Istanbul Airport and my phone behind to never see me again. I do kind of feel bad for this original poster, but at the end of the day, this is kind of your own fault. I mean, how many times do they say you need to tuck your belongings and loose items in your pockets or in the pocket in front of you? They say it so many times when you're flying. It's like the first thing you need to consider. So I hope the pictures out the window were worth it because honestly, it costs you a smartphone. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright free music to use for your next stream.